All right, so we will try our good morning again. Uh, welcome to those who are joining us online. We've had some technical problems and apologize for that, but uh, we're excited to be gathered together here. At this point, I'm going to invite Carolyn this morning uh, to join us for our Advent reading. Thank you. Good morning, and to those of you who are viewing us on Streamline or whatever it's called, we welcome you and then we invite you to come to the table also. Today we are lighting the candle of peace. Come to the table. You're invited. He will listen for you are loved. Come to the table. Sit with the Savior. He is our peace sent from above. Bring your friends and bring your family Invite your loved ones far and near. Come to the table. You're invited. He is our peace, and he wants you here. Thank you, Carolyn, for leading us in that reading and lighting of the candle. Let us join together in song as we sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing, number 277 in your hymnals. Please stand.
As we come to our time of announcements today, I want to remind you that today is our last practice for choir, and so it's our last chance to get it right. Um, just kidding. Um, some of our choir members may be also rejoicing that we only have to practice two songs instead of three, but I think you guys have done a great job and looking forward to singing with you today and also with you at Christmas Eve. Our birthdays and anniversaries from now till the end of the month. Uh, we have Jeff Dean coming up on the 28th. Um, is there anybody else that I have missed? Not that you're going to tell me. Okay. We will have Bible study this week. It will be on Thursday at 10 a.m. as we can continue on in our study on the Sermon on the Mount um, as long as I don't get sick, right? Uh, this past week was a little bit ugly for me. I thank you for those who are praying for me. I was feeling pretty rotten overnight on Wednesday, and then it took me uh, several days to get back to something, I don't know if I ever get to normal, but <laughs> um, today I had coffee for the first time in about four days, so you know how bad it was. Um, we will be taking a break from Bible study on December 29th, and we'll resume on January 5th if everybody's up for that. Yes, sir. Happy anniversary. Forty-six years, Brian and Kathy. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah. And apparently she let you out too. That was nice. Yeah, good. No, congratulations, guys. Heartfelt. Thank you. Our Christmas Eve service at 6.30 p.m., uh, but we're going to have a great time together as we sing Christmas carols. Uh, we will have a play that helps us to reflect on what Christmas is all about, and uh, it's really focused around our whole Advent readings that we've had. And we'll have some new people taking part in our play this year, so it's going to be exciting. Uh, you will see some, uh, I'm sure, Emmy nomination worthy acting, <laughs> at least in our own minds, maybe. But it will be a great night, and so we would invite you to bring out your family and friends to our Christmas Eve service at 6.30 p.m. Um, Yes, you can't see it on my screen, which was a little disconcerting, but December 25th is your worship from home day, or you may worship at a different church if you prefer. Uh, you can come back to us and tell us what they're doing that you like. That's fine. We're always up for tips and information. Um, or worship from home with your family. Uh, we know that often this is a busy time when we have a Christmas day Sunday, and so uh, we would encourage you to Spend time worshiping with them in some way. Maybe reading the Christmas story, even if they're not Christians. Say, hey, let's, let's take a minute. And just remember what this is about. And so uh, that's for December 25th. We will not have an in-person at Goshen gathering for that day. Are there any other announcements that need to be brought to our attention today? Right. January 1st, you're still having church, you're going to have a Fellowship Sunday, and I apologize, I meant to include a slide for that. The Fellowship Sunday, if you're not familiar with that, is where you celebrate the fact that the pastor is away. Isn't that what happens? <laughs> no? Okay. So it's an opportunity to get to know one another better. It's a really neat idea that was come up with, uh, within the congregation, and an opportunity to connect. And uh, there is going to be a theme, uh, there's a neat bulletin I've already seen that's been worked on, and uh, an opportunity to, to, to connect in a different way, right? Um, is there anything else that anyone would like to say about that? Thank you. 
So, yes. And they go to you, Serena? Serena is looking for baby pictures of you or a picture of you when you were young. Um, and then they're going to, you're going to be able to guess who it is. Um, make sure that you do this honestly. Don't send in like pic baby pictures of somebody that you just have seen online. I'm really tempted to send in the one, you know, the really surprised baby face that I sometimes use. Yes, Teresa knows the one. Yep. Um, too funny. Thank you. Sorry? And bring it with you on January 1st. All right. Thank you. Anything else that I've missed? Yes, Sandra. Thank you. Yes. We will move communion to the week after. Thank you, Sandra. Good thing I have my deacons also to help keep me in, in line and on track. Awesome. Okay, thank you. And of course, we remember that at this time, as God gave to us the beautiful gift of his son, we are called to give back to God through our tithes and our offerings. And this is our act of worship for him. And so we can do that either through giving through the plates at the back of the church or online through our e-transfer with the email that's on the screen there today. Let's take a moment and thank God for his blessings to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have blessed us with many things. And the greatest of them all is your Son, Jesus Christ. In our act of worship, we give back to you through our tithes and our offerings. And so, Father, take them and use them for the building of your kingdom, for the blessing of others, as our sign of worship for you, and as our act of love for you. Bless all the tithes and offerings, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Our next song that we're going to sing together, our Christmas carol, is O Little Town of Bethlehem. It's found at number 250 in your hymnals, or the words will be on the screen. Please stand as we sing.
as you may have noticed, our prayer list has grown again. So we have a few extra people that we are praying for. Uh, one of the names that you may not be familiar with on there is a Michael Antoinette, and that is uh, Carolyn's brother. And unfortunately, he has been given a terminal diagnosis. And uh, your brother lives where again, Carolyn? Edmonton. And so he's geographically far away. And so um, I think you told me it was six months. Is that right? Yeah. And so our condolences to your family in this time of grieving and wrestling with all of that. Uh, we will be praying for you and for him. And yeah, that's tough. I was speaking to Marlene Clemens this week, and she is home, which is good. Uh, it turns out that uh, she had vertigo for sure, but she also has an issue with her one heart valve, they figure. And so, I don't know, sometimes I wonder about the, our beloved medical system. They sent her home and said not to worry about it. People live with this all the time. Oh, great. <laughs> we'll look after it in the new year, hopefully. Okay. So that's where she's at. Her energy levels are low still. She is recovering, um, but she's happier to be home. Please continue to keep her in your prayer. Um, and also Terry, of course, as they're trying to get through the challenges of all of that. Uh, we continue to pray for Maddie Roman as well. Uh, so, and uh, she's a young person who's got some real difficult struggles in life. And uh, she is the granddaughter, uh, the grandniece, would that be the right word? Yes, excellent, of Kathy. And, uh, and so we want to keep her in prayer. Uh, Lloyd and Alma, of course, we've known them for years. They're part of our family. We love them. I did get in to see Alma the other day in the hospital, and she was sitting up and eating. I was surprised, to be honest, while she was drinking something that, um, yeah, I don't know what it was. It looked like gravy. Um, but she was consuming something, so that's good. Um, and uh, she, said, she did speak to me. All she said was, I'm sorry, I can't hear very well. And so she may not have had her hearing aids in at the time, but she is quite frail. And, um, and Lloyd, is, uh, his energy is still low. He's still very frail. But, uh, you know, he would love a call. He would love a, a visit for any of you that want to connect with him too. June Chambers wrestles with pain. Uh, Louise Groom, who's a, a friend through our family, that is battling cancer. Uh, Shirley Prance, who is Scott's aunt. Dave Callahan, who has numerous medical challenges, is a good friend of ours. They've been out here before with us. Uh, Albert Hardiman is Jack's brother, and Jack goes through pain all the time, like June. It's just a very difficult part of their lives. Um, but his brother Albert is wrestling with cancer, battling cancer. Margaret Ennis, who we've heard about, who is uh, the mom of some good friends of people in the church here. And uh, she has this mass that's within her, and it's causing issues for her and her esophageal area. Um, are there any updates that you've heard about her at all, Serena? About the same. Thank you. Thank you for that update. Uh, Les Craig, he has leukemia. He's a, a friend of Raymond's as well, uh, Serena's dad. Uh, Morley Harvey and uh, 
I was speaking to Lois, his daughter, who reaches out to me at times to time. Many of you know Lois. And uh, he had this fall. He's broken his leg, and he has, um, he's not well. He won't go into the hospital because he is a COVID denier, and there are regulations. And so... He needs, uh, he needs to get some scans done, but he can't get in there. He won't wear a mask and won't follow the regulations. So it's a tough situation. And Joel Prowse, please remind me what's going on with Joel again. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Carrie. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I bet. Thank you, Carrie. So as he's wrestling with that, we're grateful that he is home in this season, especially to be with his family. He's only in his 40s, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we have a lot of people that we're praying for. There's a lot of needs in this time, and I try and focus on the positive at Christmas time. I think it's, it's important for us to do that. I want us to focus on the hope, but we need to remember also that this is a time for people that are also grieving, for people that are also hurting, and we need to be sensitive to that too. Um, so let's remember that. Are there any other things that you want to be praying for today? Or is there any other praise items that you would like to share today? Yes, Serena. I was about to say praise God, and then you said she found him on top of the fridge, but I guess the praise is she found him. I mean, yeah. Oh, Christian found him. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, Remco, he was battling uh, illness for quite a while. They both were. And Christian here last week, and Beth said that she didn't even realize Christian was in church until she heard a little rattling of papers. I'm quiet. And, oh, yeah, there's, there's somebody else here. Yeah, it was great to have him here, and glad about Remco. Sandra. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's wonderful that they can be here. Enjoy your time together. There's a lot, isn't there? But this is an important time. This is about who we are. So let's take a few moments and Let's turn to the Lord in prayer as we bring our praises and our challenges, our sorrows, our cares and concerns. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and you've heard our conversation. You know all of the needs of our family and friends, of our dear ones. And Father, we lift them up to you. Father, we ask that you would intercede in the needs of those who are hurting, who are sick, who are lost, in so many ways. Father, show them the way. 
For those who don't know you, may they put their trust in you fully and completely. And even as we pray that, Father, we ask that you would help us to do so even more deeply. As I think of the prayer that the man that said, I do believe, help me with my unbelief. Those moments of doubt, Father, would you be there? Would you show us the way? Would you show them the way? Father, we pray for healing for the sick, comfort for the grieving and hurting. Father, we lift up these people to you today, this entire list of people. You know their needs better than we do. You know our hearts more than we will ever probably fully reveal in front of others. So grant our heart's desire, we pray, for each one of these people. And comfort us as we carry them in our hearts, we pray. Thank you for the joys. Thank you for the things to celebrate. Be with us in our joy. And may we be the agents of your hope in this season too. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be thinking, didn't we sing this last week? I mean, there's a lot of songs that are Christmas songs that we haven't got to yet. Why are we singing this one again? Well, there's a special reason. This was one of my late father-in-law's favorite Christmas songs. And uh, this is the anniversary of his passing. And so today, you know, uh, Evelyn, my mother-in-law, she uh, had suggested this song. And when she said the reason why, I thought, how could we not? So... Let's stand and sing Joy to the World, number 270.
scripture reading this morning is Luke 10, verses 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. That's my Christmas present to Scott. A short reading. <laughs> I have to say I was a little bit distracted uh, this morning with all the challenges and I missed one of the prayer items that were uh, given to me as well. Uh, so Teresa handed this to me. Ryan Lockstein, who's a troubled 15-year-old, living in a group home in Kitchener and a friend of their uh, great-granddaughters that we sent. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's remember Ryan too and all of the youth that are within our communities, uh, and not just youth, but we think about the people that are living in tent communities, right even in Tilsonburg. Uh, just remember these people that are having challenges at this time, too. Uh, so we will, uh, I will take Ryan into my own personal prayers as well. <laughs> Ironically, my first line of my message today, I wish I had listened. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just a generally true thing for me, right? You get this warning about what will happen if you are not good at Christmas time. If you're not good at Christmas time, what are you going to get? I wish I had listened. <laughs> what do I have for Christmas? It says coal. I probably deserve coal, to be honest. <laughs> um, Beth knew that I was starting to feel better this week when I started being a brat again. Um, I started telling, uh, I made a dad joke kind of reference, and she's like, oh, you're feeling better. And I was feeling only slightly better, but then uh, the more better I got, well, I mean, some of you have heard the knife story, so you know that I can get a little bit cheeky at times and pay for it. How well do you listen? How well do you listen? And do you listen when you're supposed to? That's another important question. Do you listen when you're supposed to? Third question is, do you listen to the right things? Do you listen to the right things? When we were kids, my mom would sometimes take us out for a walk or we'd be just outside, and she wouldn't ask us what we saw, she would stop and she would say, what do you hear? What do you hear? Listen. And sometimes we would hear birds. And she was pretty good about the bird calls. She would know often which bird it was. Or we would tell her what we heard. But there are more times that I wish I listened. I wish I listened. Uh, some of you have already seen this picture before. It's a little blurry. It's the best I could get um, in our poor lighting last night. 
But this is my mom and dad and Beth and myself on our wedding day back in 1992, 30 years ago. And here's another lovely couple also with us, Evelyn and Art, Beth's parents. And you know, it's been a while. As I mentioned a few weeks ago, it's been a while since they've been gone. For Art, it's been 29 years, a long time. And I didn't get to know him all that well, but I, I wish I had taken more time to listen. And I probably should spend more time listening to my mother-in-law, but please don't tell her that. <laughs> I wish I had listened more to my parents when they were alive. Well, for Dad, it's been over 10 years. For Mom, it's been 20. I wish I had listened more to their wisdom. But I was probably your average child who doesn't like to listen to their parents that much. Um, I did listen to them a lot, don't get me wrong. But I wish I'd listened more. I wish I had listened to those who had good things to say. Now you might be thinking, oh, hang on a second, Pastor Carl. I thought this was Advent. Why are we looking at pictures of your wedding? It's nice and all. Isn't this supposed to be about Christmas? Christmas is about listening, too. If we stop and think about this story, maybe we don't often think about the sounds of Christmas or the voices of Christmas. Christmas is a time to listen. We've talked about the importance of welcome, of what it means to be prepared, and the surprise of the season. Today I'm going to talk about what it means to listen. And on Christmas Eve, what it means to receive. By now this should be a fairly familiar image for us as we've looked at it week after week. This idea of drawing to the table. And Christmas is a time of tables, whether it's the main master table, the big one where we add in the extra leaves. Have you ever been at one of those tables? They're fantastic. We used to have one like that. You know, it's companies coming when you've got to get out those leaves and dust them off and maybe polish them and stick them in there. Or you flip up the table, you know, because you've got more than two people at it. Pretty cool. Maybe you get out the card table because, you know, that's the kiddie table, right, where they've got to go. Stick it in a room somewhere where you don't have to hear them if you're lucky. But when you gather people around the table, are you listening? Are you listening to the ones that matter? When we're putting all of this together, as we're planning all of this Christmas stuff, as we're thinking about our Christmas invitations, what's the most important part of hosting. Hosting is like having people together, right? What's the most important part? Is it having wonderful Christmas invitations that you send out that are beautifully and thoughtfully chosen, that have some really nice, encouraging words that, that make people want to come? Is it about preparing for any children that might be there and being considerate of them, doing something nice for them, or helping them to be prepared to actually behave at a Christmas dinner? Is it about the thoughtfulness of the gifts or the, the food around the table? What is the most important part of hosting at Christmas? In the story that Scott read for us, Jesus was visiting friends. Jesus was invited to the table. And like most homes, there was work to be done, wasn't there? There were vegetables maybe to be chopped up and, 
and meat to be prepared and who knows back then at what stage the meat was really in before they started preparing it. I don't like to think about that. I'm a city boy, right? We, we like our meat in packages. We don't like to think about the rest of that stuff. What had to be done? There was probably a lot to be done. I mean, in your own homes, right? Sometimes you've got to get chairs from strange places where they, they're suddenly, you know, back in the, the corner or maybe, you know, out in the garage and you've got to bring them in, dust them off, set them up. All that stuff. And Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. Mary was listening. Hmm. Interesting. And in our culture, we might think, oh, that's, that's nice. But in their culture, they would go, oh, she's not supposed to be there. She should be off in the kitchen. You know, like some smart aleck guys might say today, right? Dangerous living. Where's the wife belong? Oh, in the kitchen when she's not doing the laundry, right? Yeah. Good luck. Peace out. Nice knowing you. Um, Mary was at the feet of Jesus, listening. She was in the position of a disciple. And women did not do that. Women were expected to be helping prepare all this stuff. There were many voices probably chattering away in that time. The disciples would be there. Jesus was there. Martha was there. Probably Lazarus somewhere, maybe hanging out at the table too. But Mary chose whom to listen to. Scripture that Scott read for us said that Martha was distracted by all of the preparations that had to be made. All of the stuff that I just mentioned, the vegetables, the meat, the tables, the chairs, all of that stuff was going through her mind and she's thinking, oh gosh, I've got to do all of this. And she sees her sister and she sees Jesus and she says, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care? Do you ever feel like that? Does anyone else care about what's happening at Christmas time? Or is it just me that has to do all the decorating in the house? It's not me that does the decorating in the house, by the way. This is my poor wife who loves to decorate and makes it beautiful. She does most of it herself. Of course, this week I had a chief excuse. Maybe sometimes we feel like that. In the midst of the busyness of our lives, we wonder, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care about all of the things that are going on in my life, all the things that I need to do? My sister has left me to do the work by myself. Hmm. Poor Martha. And then Martha gets a little bit belligerent, doesn't she? Tell her to help me! Nothing like ordering around the God of the universe, right? Tell her to help me. We want that, don't we? We want that. God, tell them to help me. Tell them to do something. Get involved. I don't want to do this by myself, God. Tell them to help me. Are you listening? Well, Jesus was listening that day. 
I mean, he was talking. <laughs> she may have even interrupted him. <laughs> Tell her to help me. I'll get back to my really important point in a sec. I've got to answer Martha's selfish need here for a moment. Jesus was listening. And he didn't chide her harshly. He said words that echo deeply within my own soul. He said, you are worried and upset about many things. And too often that's me. I'm so worried about all of the details of, of this, that, or the other thing, and how are we going to make it all come together, and is the phone going to work for us to stream today, and all this stuff. And we are worried and upset about many things. But Jesus said to Martha, few things are needed or indeed only one. Mar Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. And again, all of the ancient Jewish people went, oh, how could he say that? Where's your mind at today? I mean, right now in this moment, hopefully at least part of it is listening to the message. Where's the rest of it at? Lunch? Dinner? Christmas preparations? Gifts I've got to buy. Oh my gosh, I've got to shovel snow. I don't even know if I feel like doing snow. I've got to make sure that the car's cleaned up. I've got to go and get these people from here to there. I've got to do this, that, the other thing. Where's your mind at? What are you listening to? Are you worried and upset? about many things today. You know, it's easy to be busy, especially at Christmas time, right? You know, there's, there's maybe still some Christmas cards you have to send, um, or maybe just like me, you've given up on that entirely, but um, maybe you have Christmas cards to send or invitations to get out. Maybe there's still shopping to be done. If you're a guy, we know that's a proud tradition of waiting till December 24th. Uh, yes, men, we'll see you there at the mall. Um, Maybe it's the kids, you know, you're preparing for all of these kids to come and you've got to figure out what to do with them or you're preparing them to come, you know, they have nothing nice to wear and they can't go to Christmas events looking like that. Maybe it's wrapping. Got a lot of wrapping to do. This year, we're not wrapping the stocking items. Just you know, Getting away from that. Yeah. Food, meals, family. It's great to have them together. It's a lot of work, isn't it? And it's easy to obsess about the wrong things. I do it very well, unfortunately. But we might ask, well, what about the preparation? It's important, isn't it? We talked about that in the past. You know, we've, we want to make sure that we're showing love through what we do, through sending nice cards, through thoughtful shopping and caring and wrapping and prepping through a nice dinner table where everyone's invited. After all, in the series, I've told you that joyful surprises are gifts of love. Welcome is a gift of love and that being prepared is a gift of love. When it becomes an obsession, being prepared can be about performance, recognition, our own recognition. Oh, it looks so lovely. And your ego goes. <laughs> Expectation. 
don't know. I don't know if it's going to be good enough for them. Pressure. Pressure we put on ourselves, the pressure others put on ourselves. It can be a source of anxiety. It can be all about the reward for ourselves. And it can take so much energy that we have very little to give for anything else. Sometimes that's what it can mean to be preparing. Martha was also listening, you see. Martha was listening to a voice, and she chose whom to listen to. And she listened to the voice that said, I need to do all of this stuff. But Jesus reminded her that Mary has chosen. This is better. Mary sat and listened to Jesus. Listening is also a gift of love. It's one of the gifts that we don't give out all that often. But we need to listen to the ones that matter. Have you been listening to Jesus? Really listening to him? In the midst of all of the preparation with the cards and the shopping, in the children preparation, in the gifts, in the meal preparation, as you gather around the table, remember who it's all about. Because Jesus matters the most. Listen to his voice. And listen to his story. Remember the story? Remember how Jesus came to earth through Mary and Joseph? Mary, who was this young, unwed mother, a righteous girl, but a girl nonetheless, pledged to be married to a guy named Joseph who found out this incredible news that his wife was pregnant by, somehow by God? carrying God's child, and yet they worked it through. Who then had to go off to Bethlehem because of this census, and then they had to have the child in a place with animals that probably didn't smell very nice. And now angels appeared to shepherds in a field and told them the good news that Jesus Christ was born, the Son of God, the Messiah was born. And a reason to come and celebrate, to see him. Come and see the Son of God. He was not saved for the religious or for the royal. The invitation went out to the lowly and the meek so that all would be welcomed. In this season... Are you listening? Listen to the Savior. Listen to his story and share his story around the table. As we remember what God did for us such a long time ago. Will you bring Jesus to your table this season? Will you invite him to be there? Will you help others to listen to his story? Will he be the center of your Christmas invitation? See, there he is. As you remember your Christmas invitation, 
As you think about the tables that you're gathering around, who are you inviting? As you do all of the preparation, as you listen to the voices of people coming in, remember to bring Jesus to the table and help others listen to him too. You remember my bag of coal, right? I said that I probably got what I deserve. Second technical difficulty here today. Funny thing is, we all deserve coal, really. That's not what God gives us. And if I can get into this, nothing that minor surgery can't fix. Gentlemen, remember your pen knives? All fixed. Mostly fixed. Jesus instead gives us a new heart. Let's pray. I am so grateful that you have not given me what I've deserved. I am worthy of all sorts of condemnation. There's so many times that I've been wrapped up in the wrong stuff. I've been worried about the preparation. I've let anxiety hold me tight instead of recognizing that you have it all in your hands. It's all taken care of. And though I deserve coal, you have given me a new heart. We deserve coal, and you've given us new life through Christ. You have sent us your Son, Jesus Christ. And we are grateful. In this season, help us to listen to him. May we share the story that others may hear of him. And help us to listen to the voices that matter. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm now going to invite the choir to come up, and we're going to sing unto us. So come on up, choir. And um, this is a foretaste of some of the music that uh, we will have for Christmas Eve. We'll have some different songs, but please come up and join us.
And just again, a reminder that um, we will not be having an in-person service next week. So worship from home, worship with friends. Enjoy this time to do something different. But join us also for Christmas Eve, because that will be a time where we can celebrate, and you can hear more of our wonderful choir. Didn't they do a great job? Nothing like giving myself a little bit of praise, right? (laughs) So remember this time, as you leave from this place, go and listen. Listen to the voice of Jesus Christ and share his story with others that they may too listen and come to know our Lord and Savior. Go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.